And we are also seeing very big Chinese companies such as Baidu or ByteDance donating projects to open source. And this has happened over the past one or two years. And I think in the next two to three years, the world will see more and more Chinese-backed or uh, open source projects or open source projects originating from China. Yeah, I, I can feel that because currently I'm mentoring two projects, one from Korean, another from the Baidu.com in China. And recently, I also received a lot of questions that, hey, just uh, can you mentor my project? So people are willing to join Apache Software Foundation because for them, they can get more attention or user cases and contributions from the community. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk about all things software and technology. I'm Ryan Donovan editor of the blog here at Stack Overflow. I'm joined today by my co-host, Cassidy Williams. Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. What's new in the Cassidy world? New in the Cassidy world is I'm very excited to have our guests here today. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition, right? right? right. From Sphere EX, I, yeah. I am really excited about the work that they're doing. So uh, let me introduce our guests then, Trista Pan, CTO of Sphere EX, and Yasin Sitayeb, Head of International Operations. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having us here. We're very happy to join you. Yeah. So we at the podcast, we, we sort of like to start off by getting to know the guests, how you got into programming, world of technology. What's your story? Hello, everyone. I'm Trista, the Sophia ES co-founder and the CTO. And also, I'm the Apache Software Foundation member here and the Apache Sharing Sophia PMC Project Management Committee. Before that, I worked in jddigital.com here, and I experienced like the database management by menu and database AI management platform development, and then dive into the distributed database development and open source. So actually, I'm an open source enthusiast. That's why I get a lot involved in Apache Software Foundation and now mentoring two incubator projects, that is the Apache AGE and Apache BRPC. Yasin, how, how did you get started with uh, technology? My story is a little bit different than Trista. I am not a programmer per se. I studied economics, but I have been always passionate about technology and innovation. So most recently, I, I started to contribute to the open source project Apache Sharding Sphere. So you could say Sharding Sphere has been my gateway to the world of uh, programming and open source. I still have a lot to learn, but uh, I am very happy to um, contribute to the project and learn new skills. So we on the podcast are, are big fans of open source. I know, uh, Trista, you are calling today from Beijing. What does the open source community look like in China? Actually, now when we talk about the open source in China, it's very hot and popular. And in the government's also published some regulation that officially support open source technology here. And also the VC venture capital here 
are more willing to have a talk with the leading team from the open source projects and our community. It's like the positive signal here. And for the developers that they found, it's a very interesting like working method or social approach with the people from the all over the world. Because they can like show off their knowledge, their skill in the community, and also do some lot of contributions here. Cassidy, you've been involved in open source in the past, yes. Yes, and still am. And it's interesting to hear the different perspectives of it because there are still people in the U.S. government who don't fully understand、mm-hmm. that it has value, <laughs> and and plenty of people in various high level positions, even at tech companies, who don't really understand. Why you would use open source or give code away for free when you could just work on a proprietary system? Yeah, I think it took a long time for U.S. corporations to get on board with open source. Was there the same sort of reluctance at first in China? Recently, there has been like this huge push, both from the institutions and the big corporations here in China, towards you know open source. But yes, there was a little bit of a reluctance at first. There was a little bit of a joke here in China that、uh, most developers would get on GitHub, take the code, and never co- make any commits or contributions. <laughs> you know, never be very active、uh, in the communities. But this has started to change over the past, you know, two、yeah. three years. First, on a personal level, like you would see more developers actively contributing to the communities, and also. Soon-to-be、uh, developers, so students in computer science that very actively contribute to you know open source programs. Recently, we are seeing more and more Chinese-led Apache projects, for example, or we are seeing more and more companies, commercial companies that are founded by teams that were core teams within a an open source community.、Mm-hmm. And we are also seeing very big Chinese companies such as Baidu or ByteDance donating projects to open source, and this has happened over the past one or two years. And I think in the next two to three years, the world will see more and more Chinese-backed or、uh, open source projects or open source projects originating from China. Yeah, I, I can feel that because currently I'm mentoring two projects, one from Korean, another from the Baidu.com in China, and recently I also received a lot of questions that, "Hey, Trista, can you mentor my project?" So people are willing to join Apache Software Foundation because for them. They can get more attention or user cases and contributions from the community. They can get more experience from this community because if everyone give one commits, then this whole community will contains the different experience from the different user cases. And for others, for the later on users, will feel oh, at this moment I get all of the. Coding, programming, user cases, bug fixes here. So that will become like the positive. Yeah, but I'd love to get into more database talk because Apache is really interesting, and and I'd also love to learn a little bit more about database fragmentation because I don't think a lot of people who are listening might know what that is. Apache sharing Sophia, it's a、um, One Apache Tabular projects, and when we speak about its area or professional, actually 
its goal is to create a distributed database system above the traditional DBMS, like MySQL or PostgreSQL or SQL Server, etc. And also, it wants to provide more enhanced feature above them, like the sharding. Sharding is the one one of the features, like the data encryption or decryption, and also about the skew out and about the database gateway, something about that. So you can regard it as a distributed database server. So I think when I hear about databases now, I hear a lot about replication. And I don't think I hear as much about sharding except in certain circumstances. Can you talk about what a shard is? Okay, so sharding and the replication system, they are a little, I mean, totally different because... When we speak of replicated database system, that means in this system, there are many, like more than one copy or like the backup for your original single database. So therefore, that will improve the availability for this database system because imagine that one copy or site crashes and then other parts can still continue keep running and continue providing the services for the end user. But when we talk about that sharing system, actually it's like a fleet or fragment an entire relation data or database become a lot of small parts. Each of them will be located in different machines or servers, and then that will make your distributed database system have the elastic scalability. So that means you don't worry about that the one day your data hits the storage limit. But another benefit of yeah. this distributed system or sharing system that it can help like load balance your queries because your storage now is fragmented in different parts. So one querying at this moment, it will still become sub-querying and will running in different machines or shards or parts. And then like there is a proxy or computing network and merge the parts readout, become the final one and return that readout to your end user. So from the architecture, they're different. And when we people consider their benefits or advantage, they're a little different. This is super interesting to me, and it makes sense from a load balancing perspective as you scale your sites. And so when you are sharding a database, how do you typically distribute the data? Do you have a specific type of algorithm that you use to determine which data goes into which shard? And, and same with querying it. Is it like an ID or do you choose how you categorize it across the different shards in your yeah, database? It's the basic precise or key parts of this distribution system because no matter it's a, like the NoSQL database type or a new SQL database type, if we want to do sharding, there must have a sharding key or a sharding column. And then they need to choose a sharding algorithm. Most of them will consider like um, harsh or like um, range mm. algorithm for the sharding key. So I guess different sharding system have different sharding algorithm fitting for different scenarios. 
That makes a lot of sense to me. Like, like range feels like a pagination of some kind, and mm-hmm. then a hash is like matching a certain key of some kind. That that makes sense now that you have said it uh, to clear that up. I worked on a article at a previous company, a delivery company, that sharded their their search by geographical location because you were searching oh. for delivery ranges. So if you were within a certain area, you're your information was on that particular shard. Was it like a logistics company or? It was a food delivery. That is an efficient approach. Yeah. And they they had to change up the sizes of the geographic ranges based on how much traffic they get from each area. Yeah, that is one of the ways, uh, you know, sharding can help. And I do not know right now how the situation is in the U.S., but sharding is actually a very popular strategy here in China. You could actually attribute the success of uh, Apache Sharding Sphere to the fact that many, many large companies here in China actually chose sharding very early on. And actually, that is why most of our huge, famous users are from China, because they implemented this strategy early and they liked it. But actually, some of these companies, you could compare them to, for example, uh, IT, which is like the Netflix of China. or Netflix of Asia. It operates only within the country, but when it comes to scale and number of users, etc., you could compare it to Netflix. And we are seeing that, for example, also from companies from Korea are reaching out and they are increasingly interested in sharding. So I'm not sure how uh, the situation is in the US, but from what you just said, it seems like it is. It definitely depends on who you talk to. (laughs) It seems really... Interesting. It's something that I haven't personally implemented, but it, it makes sense based on mm-hmm. what you've said. Is there anything that people push back on where they're just like, oh, we don't want to do sharding? Like, what are the cons of sharding? Why wouldn't someone want to Yeah. Do so every technology has its props and cons. And before that, so we just talk about its benefits or advantages. But actually, yeah, this system also has some drawbacks, like the first of them, it will uh, make the database cluster uh, management become complicated. That makes sense because as we split one single database become a lot of sparse one, and maybe one shard has its own replication for high availability. Therefore, the topology or network among the databases will become very complicated. Yeah, that's the one issue. The second one, like each query will have extra cost because we split the storage, we split the wiring, so we need a more uh, computing resource, right? Another one, the last one, maybe like the incomplete support for native SQL. I mean, it also makes sense because at the beginning, you just have only one traditional DBMS. All the SQL run wilds. But later on, you import this distributed system or sharding system. Some of the SQL maybe cannot work while anymore in this distributed system. So our users or architects need to give some attention to such important backdrops. That makes sense because you would almost need a query on top of the query so you can know which shard to look in and then get the data that you want. So when you make your queries across a sharded database, do you have to factor that into your SQL queries? 
Sequel, sequel, sorry. And like actually with Sharding Sphere, we came across this issue and that is why we are developing, we did develop and we are improving on a sequel parser. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Because Sharding Sphere is a sharding system. So it has such issues. How do we solve this issue? The first, we need to have a stronger SQL parser because we support a lot of relational databases like MySQL, PostgreSQL. Mm-hmm. That means we need to make our SQL parser become stronger to support this all of the database passing process. That's the first improvement point. The second one that we have the SQL Federation. I mean, because at our previous cases that we needed to split one query among different parts and merge the readouts, but Sharding Sophia developed like the federated SQL executing engine. It helped the users like merge the readout and run the subqueries in different shards in different parts. How? If you use uh, like a single database, there are standard SQL languages, right? But for this distributed system, we developed or I'll create a new SQL language to help a user. Like when I connect to this distributed system, I use the regular way. I use the SQL to talk with the pretended database or server, but I use like the SQL-like language to tell this system, hey, you need to help me do data encryption. You need help me to share my table, share my database. So that's what we're doing to fix the, the issues we talked before. I definitely lean more towards front-end development, but I now want to play around with sharding databases because it's it's so interesting to see this kind of innovation happening in the space because a lot of people think it's just like you just store things. That's just it. And and it does get more complex where people are just like, okay, storing things efficiently, storing in real-time databases, this and that. But this sharding angle is something that I don't think a lot of people consider. And, and it's it's so interesting to hear you talk about it. Yeah, I think most of the stuff I've heard about it is in specific instances like Elasticsearch. And I think a lot of massively multiplayer games. Oh, MMORPGs. Yeah. So you're uh, the only Apache member in China. Is that right? Only female Apache member. Oh, okay. Apache Sense member. for the uh, definition for my title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, like the only one Apache Software Foundation member in China. Yeah, it's true. That's an honor and so exciting. Kudos on that. You're a pioneer. I guess first because that like I said, open source is so popular in China, but for female, it's like the filtering precise because even though there's no exact exact statistic. But most of us will consider that the male developer is much more than female developers here or in U.S., right? Mm-hmm. It's like the first filter. And the second one that in the small part of the female developers, actually not everyone is interested in like open source technology. Maybe someone will think that female, it's born for like consulting or HR or like the teaching, something like that. But when we speak of the like developer, the first image come to our mind that's a male geek and sitting there, just the coding. Mm -hmm. 
even though you don't know what is happening, but it, it looks that he's enjoyable there. So I guess that's the like the second filter for this phenomenon, and the last one that in this small part, not everyone would like to pay more attention or pay a lot of efforts, their privacy time efforts in the open source, in the foundation. Because if you want to become the member of the ASF, you need to do a lot. You need to help others. Mm -hmm. You need to be active there. So that will actually, all of it is volunteer things. So that will take you a lot of time and efforts there. But for me, I enjoy this process because I I feel that I'm connecting with the global and with all the guys. They love open source. They love database and technology. That's amazing because the fact that you are interested in this technology, you are contributing to it in your free time, and you are being a role model for so many women in the space, it, it, not just in China, but all over the world because Apache is such a large organization. and, and community of people. It's it's cool to see. And I know that it's not easy to get to that point to where you are. And so again, huge kudos on that because that is a lot of work to get to where you are today. Yeah. Fun fact, I'd heard that a lot of the early programmers were women because it was considered women's work, that it wasn't the kind of hardware engineering. Yeah. And then something happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was uh, money, money involved. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that we are really looking forward to is to make this project more international. So although it is part of the Apache Software Foundation, most of the early adopters and early contributors were from China or Asia in general. That is why we really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today and to have this chat. So we really look forward to welcoming more international contributors to educate more developers on sharding and the possibilities of sharding, how it is actually an efficient and an efficient alternative that should be considered by them. And uh, I think one of the main things we have noticed recently is that there are so many brilliant projects here in China, but sometimes because of maybe language issues or cultural issues, they, they there are some you know, missed opportunities for both sides. Open source is a bridge, and I think more and more projects will come out of China. And I hope that Shardin Sphere will be one of the first projects to be really, truly successful on a global scale. Maybe one thing that we would like to say is like uh, we have noticed many people do not really understand what is Shardin Sphere. So maybe make them understand that we actually simply transform any database into a distributed database very simply and efficiently mm -hmm. without any um, you know, large implementation costs and allow, allow you to upscale your existing database through plugins. Almost database orchestration, yeah? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so we, we really allow you to upscale it, which I believe is something that is truly innovative. But it's just that people didn't hear about it before. <laughs> I, I do have one last question on that front. If you are looking to contribute and to this open source project, what is the best way to do so? Uh, I guess the first to start for you, give a look at this project and basically learn what it is. And then try some good first issue because 
it's very important for most of the open source community. Good first issue for a start, and then gradually you found, oh, I like the smile of this community because people are willing to teach me a lot, and they need my helps. And then you will become the like the big fan of this project. Actually, I agree with Yasin because someone will ask that why did you want to contribute this project to Apache Software Foundation? I said that because I want this project can live longer and it belongs to,、mm-hmm. to the world, to the community. If we don't open source this project, maybe just our team and one day all the member leave this team, this project will die. I don't want that happen, so I want to become the open source community, so it can make his value be known by all the people from the over the world. To answer Cassidy, if you're looking to contribute to this project or you're interested in our community, my suggestion is even if you're not the strongest in coding,、uh, you don't have the strongest technical skill set. Just check us out. You know we are very open, and you can contribute in a variety of ways. Not just with、uh, coding, could help with documentation. You could help with community building. You just mentioned that you are more a front end developer. You could help with、uh, you know the website and the front end of、uh, our community. So there are many many ways. It's not only with、uh, you know technical skills and coding. As we do at the end of many shows, we read a lifeboat badge. That's、uh, when someone answers to a score of twenty or more on a question that has negative three or less, and that question goes on to receive a score of three or more. Today's lifeboat badge is for the question error e a c c e s permission denied make directory, and that's the name of directory. And it was awarded to Swati Kiran. All right. I'm Ryan Donovan. I'm the editor of the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at rthordonovan. And if you have a great idea for a blog post, email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com. My name is Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidy C A S S I D O O on most things. I'm Trista. You can find me on Twitter, Trista Z E R O. Sometimes I will post a lot of articles about open source, database, distributed system. So if you are interested in such stuffs, welcome to give me a look. I am Yasin Sitayeb, and you can find me on Twitter at redvega11 or LinkedIn as well. And、uh, where do we find SphereX? You can find SphereX at spherex.com or on Twitter at spherex. Thank you, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Thank、yes. you.